0: I am not a role model. These were the words of Hall of Fame basketball player, Charles Barkley. He did a commercial for Nike early in the 90s. And it was kind of a controversial commercial. A lot of people didn't like it. They're like, man, you're a basketball player. Of course you're a role model. Everybody looks up to you. But when you hear Charles talk about it, there was a reason why he felt so compelled to do this commercial. He said that as an NBA player, they would send him out to different schools to talk and to encourage kids. And he'd go to some schools and and say, how many of you want to be a professional athlete? And he might get a handful of kids raise their hand, but the majority wanted to do other things with their lives. But then he said he'd go to some other communities and maybe some challenge communities and he'd say, how many of you want to be professional athletes? He said everybody would raise their hand. And it broke his heart because he knew... Most of these kids, probably none of these kids are gonna be professional athletes, but that's who they have their eyes on. And it's impacting their lives, right? And he understood that that who you listen to, who you watch matters because it impacts your focus, and your focus determines the direction of your life. This is a principle that Paul is gonna challenge us with today. And it's something that I, I believe couldn't be any more relevant than it is today. If you got your Bibles, I encourage you to ch- turn with me to Philippians chapter 3, beginning of verse number 17. Philippians chapter 3, beginning of verse number 17. As you're turning there, just a reminder that we are challenging you to memorize a passage of Scripture. Philippians 2, verses 5 through 11. I've encouraged you to go through verse 9. I'm going to add verse 10 this week. If you can go all the way through verse 10, I think it's going to be a great thing as we memorize this together. But I'm going to read this passage beginning of verse 17. Join together in following my example, brothers and sisters, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. Let's pray together. God, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you that uh, joining together like this isn't just an exercise and listen to me talk, but God, we wanna hear from you. Speak to us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Well, who you watch matters. I had a pastor who used to say something like this. He'd say, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Show me your friends, I'll I'll show you your future. Why? Because we are so easily influenced. Just think about the stupid things you've worn in your life, right? The stupid haircuts you've had. Why? Because everybody was doing it. That's what people were doing at the time and so we easily are influenced. And it's really easy for us to give the young people a hard time about that, but the fact is us as adults, we do the exact same thing thing. We are easily influenced by those around us. And here's the truth that who we keep our eyes on will ultimately dictate the direction of our lives. And this is what Paul is trying to get to. He doesn't tell us, don't be influenced, because he knows you're going to be influenced. The thing that Paul does is he comes and he says, listen, you need to be careful about who is influencing you. He starts with a, a positive one right out of the gates here. And if you're taking notes, I encourage you to write this down. Point number one is simply this: He says, This, watch the faithful. Watch the faithful. Verse 17 says, Join together in following my example, brothers and sisters. Follow my example. Now I've said this before that the book of Philippians is known as a friendship letter, all right? It's a Greco-Roman style type of letter, and and the whole point was that you had a relationship with this person, and everything was in the context of relationship, right? And throughout the letter, we see this over and over and over, Paul talking about, we're so close, we got this close relationship, and in in that vein, he says, listen, you know me, guys, you know me, you know my life, you have watched me, and he says this, follow my lead. Now, we have had a beautiful summer, right? (laughs) Praise the Lord, we've had a beautiful summer, it's been awesome, but we all know one thing, winter's coming, right? (laughs) Whether we want it or not, at some point, winter is coming. And you know those times in winter when you get a lot of snow, you get 12, you get 15, you get 18 inches of snow and it piles up, you know? You have these times, and, and I remember when my kids were really small, you know, you, you pack them in, you wrap their scarves, and they're, you know, they're, they're like penguins, they're waddling, they, can't, they can barely move, and you set them in the snow, you know, and it's like the, waist come, or the snow comes up to their waist, and they literally can't move, and it's like, how are they supposed to get anywhere? And I remember when my kids were young, and, and they wanted to get through the snow, what I would do, is I would walk through the snow ahead of them, and I would say, listen, you guys can't do this, just follow in my footsteps, do what I do, walk after me, right, follow my lead. This is what Paul is saying. Because you don't have to know where you're going even. Paul's like, you don't have to know the right direction, just follow me, out. Points point you in the right direction. And I think sometimes in faith, we make it really com- complex. We think we just gotta figure this all out on our own. But see, this is why faith is meant to be experienced communally. We say this real life together. There's a reason why we do this faith thing together, because the mature believers are supposed to lead the immature. The experienced believers are supposed to encourage the inexperienced believer. This is why a church is so important. This community of believers is so important. And it's not always about what you get. Sometimes I'll see older believers and they say, you know what, I've been to church my whole life. I've done it, whatever. I don't really get anything out of it anymore. Guess what? It's not about what you get out of it anymore. The reason you're a part of a community is because of what you invest. You are someone who can encourage younger believers, inspire younger believers, and that is a way that you are going to grow. He goes on and he says this. And just as you have us as a model, listen, you got me as a model, right? You got other leaders as a model. Keep your eyes on those who live as we do. What's he saying? Watch the faithful. Watch the faith, look for those who are faithful in their surrender and commitment to Christ. Look for those people, watch them, right? And and more than just watching them so you can have a commentary and you can judge them and like, oh, they're pretty good, oh, they're not so good. No, no, don't don't do it for that reason. Do it and allow them to be a model for you. Let them be a pattern for your life. Let them be ones that you follow after, right? So I wanna ask you a question. Who are the faithful in your life? Who are the faithful? Now, when I think about my own life, uh, you know, as a, as a child, I, I was blessed to have parents who were followers of Christ. I have grandparents who were followers of Christ. And so obviously they impacted me. They were ones that, that led my life. And I'm sure some of you had that type of experience. But there's a lot of us who maybe didn't have parents or grandparents that followed after Christ. And the beautiful thing is that we can watch many different people. I remember when I was in junior high, there was a guy named Mark Bechtel. Uh, he, was a, he was a youth sponsor back in the day when they called youth leaders youth sponsors. And he was probably 20, 22. And I was just a stupid junior higher, you know. But I remember watching him and he had an impact in my life because I looked at him I said, that's a guy who loves Jesus. That's what it looks like to be a man who follows after Jesus. He impacted my life. I, I think about when I was in college and I had all these professors who had all the degrees and all this kind of stuff. And I had one professor, you know, he didn't have the doctoral, he just had a master's, you know. He doesn't know anything. Except when I watched his life, he was the guy who I said, that's what it looks like to follow Jesus. His name was Dave Petey. And I modeled my life as I watched him. I said, that's what it looks like to passionately love Jesus. I, I've shared another, a man, the former church I served at. His name was Les Carlson. He was an elderly man. He's since passed away. And I remember watching him in the waning years of his life, faithfully serve and give his life. I said, that's what it looks like to follow Jesus. I want to be like him. I had a coworker. Her name is Lorelei Weidman. For a season, I was actually her boss. I kind of, she was underneath of me, but... Always, I watched her and I said, that's what it looks like to follow Christ. I want to look more like that, right? And we have these people. And there might be people in your life, because I know there's people in my life that I've never even met before, right? Speakers and writers and, and you know, people that I listen to podcasts and stuff. There's one man, his name is Robbie Zacharias. He just passed away just a few weeks ago. He was a man that has impacted me because I watched him and I, and I understood him, A brilliant apologist for the faith. And he challenged me, and he he helped point my life in the right direction. We need these voices in our lives. We need these people who are inspiring our faith. And Paul says this, you need to watch the faithful. Who are the faithful in your life? And I would ask you this, who are you watching? Do you have people that inspire your faith, that you look toward? Because if you don't, you're going to be in trouble. We all desperately need people like that in our lives. But Paul transitions here. He he goes from encouraging to warning, right? And point number two in your note is this. It's watch out for the faithless. Watch out for the faithless. Look at verse 18. He says, For as I have often told you before and now tell you again, even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. You know, throughout the book of Philippians, we talk about this whole idea of the the cross of Christ and what it looks like. Chapter 2 is all about that, right? And Paul's saying, listen, there's lots of people that live as enemies to that. Now, a few weeks ago, I preached a message, and I talked about the greatness principle. I said Jesus talked about it. What does it look like to be great in the kingdom of God? And I said this, that the greatness principle really could just simply be called the way of the cross. The way of the cross, because here's the deal. As followers of Christ, We are called to live the way of the Christ, the way of the cross, to be self-sacrificing, to lay down our rights, to submit ourselves, to prefer others, to pour ourselves out for the sake of others. That's what we are called, right? Take up your cross daily. That's what Jesus said to us. But the problem with this is that it flies in the face of the world that we live in, doesn't it? It totally flies, in our world it's all about dominance, it's about self, it's about making a name for myself, doing what's good for me, that's what the world tries to tell you, and in this context, the way of the cross seems ridiculous. It literally sounds so ridiculous, it makes no sense, and I would bet for some of you, it's possible that even today, it sounds ridiculous to you. You I've heard people say things like this, yeah, I like Jesus, I like following Jesus. I just don't always agree with everything he said. I, I can't do that. I don't like that part of following Christ. Guess what? You don't get that choice. You want to follow Christ? You don't get to tap out of anything. You don't get to say, I'll take Jesus, but not that, right? Because I'll hear people say, Jesus is my Lord, but I'm going to do things my way. Guess what? When you have said that, you've just decided who Lord is, and it isn't him. It's you. You're calling the shots. See, when we come to Christ, it's all or nothing. We lay it all on the line. It's following, even when it looks foolish, even when it looks stupid, right? It would be like me saying, I love marriage. I just don't like the faithfulness part. You don't get that. You either take it all or you don't take any of it all. And if you say you want to follow Christ, guess what it means? We have to lay ourselves down, even when it feels foolish, even when it doesn't make sense, even when it isn't the way the world does things. Paul talked about this in First Corinthians, uh, verse 18 of chapter one. He says this, for the message of the cross is what? It is foolishness. It is foolishness to those who are perishing. It doesn't make sense. It's stupid. You look like the moron in the room, right? What did he say? But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. It's the power of God, right? Paul's saying, listen, listen." I know it doesn't always feel right. I know it doesn't always look good. It doesn't always result in the benefits. But listen, the way of the cross is the right way. And it's oftentimes in conflict with the way everybody else does things. You gotta watch out for the faithless, you gotta watch out for those who do things like the world does. I wanna look at verse number 19, he says this, he says, their destiny, these people who who are against the way of the cross, their destiny is destruction, their God is their stomach, and their glory is in their shame. And when you study the Greek in here, all these phrases are a little weird and it's hard to fully understand exactly. They're all translated slightly different, but one thing is clear in all of them. These people are headed the wrong way. They're desiring things all about themselves and ultimately it's shameful what they're doing, right? And Paul is trying to encourage these people saying, if you watch those types of people, if you get your eyes on those people, you are going to experience your own downfall. You are gonna head to the same destructive end that they are headed towards. But he continues on, and this is the key. In the second half of verse 19, he says this. Their mind is set on earthly things. Their mind is set on earthly things, temporal things. They aren't concerned with God's kingdom, right? They're not concerned with righteousness. They're not concerned with justice. They are headed the wrong direction. They are focused on the wrong things. And he's saying this to you, and he's saying this to me. Watch out for the faithless are going to take you the wrong way. Why? Because it's so enticing. It's just so natural. Influence is natural. It's what Charles Barkley knew. It's what you and I know. We are influenced so easily. Oh, it might feel good in the moment, right? It might make sense to you right now. It actually might result in favor right now. But in the end, it's going to lead you the wrong direction. So who are the faithless in your life? Who are the ones that may unknowingly be leading you the wrong way, causing you to to value the wrong things, focusing on earthly things and not kingdom things, right? Now, it could be a lot of different people. Maybe it's a family member. You got a a family member that's constantly kind of pointing you the wrong direction. Uh, They're speaking different things and causing you to value the wrong things. Maybe it's a friend that you have and you know it, but, but they're living a different direction than the kingdom of God. And ultimately, it, it influences you negatively, right? It could be a coworker, somebody at the office that you, you chat with. And, and, it, and they're just constantly speaking things that lead you a different direction. Maybe it's a classmate and they're influencing you and, and you know it. They're pointing you the wrong direction. Maybe it's a neighbor. You're, you're constantly trying to fight who's got the best whatever. And they're leading you down the wrong path. I think there's all these people that can influence you personally, but it doesn't have to be somebody that you know. In fact, there's, there's other types of people that will influence you, right? Think about celebrities. Maybe there's a celebrity that you love paying attention. You watch their life. You see what's going on. You're reading about them all the time. And, and unknowingly, they're influencing your life, the values of your life. It, it could be just simply watching TVs and movies. It doesn't have to be a specific person. In that show, you're like, well, that show's not all that good, but I'm not sinning by watching it. Yeah, but you might be influenced. It may be changing and shaping your values, what you think is important, what you think is right, and influencing you the wrong direction. It could be people that you follow on Instagram. I know you can follow a person on Instagram. You're always looking at their pictures and following their stories and hearing about their life. The question is, are they leading you the right direction? Are they a follower of Christ pointing you into values that matter for eternity? Or are they leading you to earthly things? We've got to be aware of this. It could be th- people that you listen to, podcasts, radio hosts you listen to, TV news people that you listen to. I don't know who it is that you listen to. The question is, are they followers of Christ? Are they pointing you into kingdom directions? Or are they potentially leading you the wrong Direction. And I want to say this I know I've said that you got to watch out for the faithless, but here's the problem. Sometimes you even have to watch out for those who call themselves believers and Christians. Because I watch this happen at times that you can have believers who profess faith and they live a totally contrary way to what what Christ would say. But I also see sometimes people who, who are followers of Christ and maybe they're passionate about a specific issue in the world or an issue in life, but unknowingly that thing suddenly takes the primary position of their life. And if you listen to the language, it sounds more like Christ is now serving their passion point rather than their passion point serving Christ. And if we're not careful, we can follow people who have made an idol out of something other than Christ, and we can do the exact same thing. Making an idol out of something, everything in our life, no matter how good it is, it must always come under the authority and the kingdom of God. Otherwise, it's gotten out of line, right? So for for many of us, I would guess there's something that needs to be removed. Maybe there's somebody that you follow. There's a relationship. There's something in your life that maybe need to be removed. Or maybe it just needs to be something that you watch out for, that you're aware of, that you pay attention to. You don't just blindly follow and be influenced by, all right? So we go on the passage, and and I want to read just the last couple of verses here back at verse 19 it said this remember their mind is set on earthly things he says this in verse 20 though but our citizenship is in heaven our citizenship is in heaven and this is a big so what i'm going to give you the first half here the big so what for this morning is simply this we aren't home we aren't home Listen, if you are in Christ, you are a citizen of heaven. You have a glorious future. You have an inheritance that is ahead of you. There is a destiny for you. Listen, there is something in store that you cannot imagine. There is eternity. We aren't home. But if we aren't careful, we will watch those around us and begin to live like we are. To begin to live like this is our home. And I want to finish the big so what, the the full big so what is this. We aren't home, so live like it. Live like it, right? Live like you have a different allegiance, because you do. Live like you have a different king, because you do. Live like your values are in conflict with the world. Why? Because they often are, right? We're called to live from the kingdom, that we're committed to not live for the temporary kingdom we're passing through. And Paul says, listen, this is the problem. The problem is we, we say we're not home, so live like it. But, but if you watch the faithless, you'll end up acting like you're home. If you watch the faithful, you'll be constantly reminded that you aren't home yet. Right? And this is how he encourages us. So I want to I wrap up with just a couple of questions here for you. I want you to think about this. This is something you may need to ponder <laughs> this week. First question is this. Who do you watch? Who do you watch? I want you to list some of the areas in your life, good and bad maybe. Do you, do you have some faithful people that you watch, some, some followers of Christ that, that you really pay attention, that, that direct your life? Are there some other voices, some, some people and you know, celebrities and friends and whoever it is that are influencing you The wrong way. I want you to think about that for a second, and I want you to think about those things, and then I want you to ask, based on those who influence you, you know, are they really influencing me positively? Are they helping me? Right? Are they somebody that I should be watching? You got to ask that question. Who do you watch? I know for some of you, you're like, I don't even have anybody in my life that I can look at. Well, you can simply go to Hebrews chapter twelve, where it says, let's fix our eyes on Jesus the author and perfecter of our faith. Let's get our eyes on him. But for many of us, the best way we're going to see Jesus is with skin on with somebody who is faithfully serving around us, somebody that we can watch. Maybe it's somebody right here in Zoe Church that you can watch and say, that's what it looks like to follow Jesus. Second question I want you to ask yourself is this, who's watching you? Who's watching you? We may not realize it, but at every moment of every day, somebody is watching us. <laughs> somebody's paying attention to us, but somebody's being influenced by us. Maybe it's other believers. It's people who follow Christ, and they're looking at you and say, okay, that's what it looks like to follow Jesus. And you, you don't think you have an impact, but you do. People are watching you, right? But it's not just believers. It might be unbelievers who are saying, oh, that's what it looks like to follow Christ. You know, That can be an intimidating thing to think about, but, but hear this. People are watching you, and they are being influenced. They are saying, that's what it is to follow Christ. That's what it looks like. How's that going, right? And I know I've leaned into this a lot lately, but I still think it is critical for us to recognize that we are being watched online. What we say online is being watched by believers and non-believers alike. And non-believers are looking at what you're posting and saying, so that's what it looks like to follow Christ. We have to ask ourselves, is the way that we are operating, is it in alignment with kingdom values? Are we representing Christ well? Everywhere, including online. So I want to give you this challenge, and this is a practical thing that you can take away. I want you to take these two questions. Who do you watch and who's watching you? And I want you to answer those two questions. Be honest. Take five, ten minutes this week, maybe today. Just write those answers. Maybe even right now while you're sitting, begin to write those down, right? And then based on your answers, I want you to say, does something need to change? Based on my answer, does something in my life need to change? Voilà. Wow. I I can't finish this passage. I know we're done with the message mostly, but I can't finish this passage without digging into the very end of this message because Paul uh, gets to the gospel. He gets to a piece of the gospel. I know for a lot of us, when we think about the gospel, we think about, you know, oh, Jesus died on a cross, so I get to go to heaven, right? That's what we can think about, but the gospel is so much grander, so much bigger than that, and Paul talks about this, about the destiny we have. Look what it says in verse 20, but our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. What is Paul saying? Listen, Jesus is coming back. Jesus is returning. There is a hope and a destiny for us. Wake up, people. Don't get discouraged. Don't get beat up. Why is he saying this now? Why in this context right now? Because he's saying these people live in the city of Philippi under the domination of the Roman Empire. It isn't easy to follow Christ. And they're sitting there looking around and all these people and they're, they're headed the wrong direction, but they're like, it's, life's going well for them. It's hard for us. And he's saying, don't give up. Stay faithful because you are on the right side. Jesus is coming back. He is returning. And I love the language because it refers to the Lord and Savior, Jesus. And you know why this matters? Because you know what they called Caesar? Lord and Savior. And he said, listen, listen, you think, they, they all think they're following Lord and Savior. Listen, you are serving the true Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And this is relevant to us today to understand we are on God's side. There is a hope. Christ is returning. And that should inspire faith and hope in our hearts when we get discouraged to remember we are on God's side. We are in his kingdom and there's hope for us. But what do we do till then? What do we do till Christ returns? Well, I think this is where Paul gives us the encouragement. Pay attention to who you're watching. Now, being a father changes you. I'm sure anybody who's been a parent out there, it changes you. It does something in you. And especially when your kids start to get older, you begin to realize that you have huge influence because your kids say the things you say. They do the things you do. They act the way you act. It's just crazy, right? And it can be humbling at times. You're like, oh, I gotta be careful what I'm doing here, right? Listen, here's my heart for my kids. Um, My kids, I want them to read the Bible, I do. I I want them to come to church and attend. I wanna see them praising God at church. I wanna wanna see them have friends that love Jesus. I want other people to speak in their life, but you know what I wanna say to my kids? I wanna say, listen, kids, you wanna know what, you know what it looks like to follow Jesus? Watch me. Watch me. Just watch me. Yeah, I want you to read your Bible. I want you to do those things. But you want to know what it's like? Watch me. Follow my lead. Because I'm going to to fail. I'm going to mess stuff up. But follow my lead. Watch me. And my prayer for us as a church is for every single one of us to have that same heart. To say, listen, we're going to fail. We're going to mess up. But we're gonna put our eyes on those who are faithful to Christ. And we're gonna be those faithful examples to others. To say, you wanna know what it looks like to follow Jesus? Watch me. Can I pray for you? Father, we thank you that you've invited us into a beautiful story with you, an intimate relationship with you. Father, this isn't some cold religious system. This is an intimate relationship with the creator of the entire universe. And God, I pray that you would help us to live that out, Lord. God, I pray for us that we would get our eyes on you first and foremost. But God, we would also look to others who inspire our faith, who lift us up, who challenge us. Not the people who make it easy for us, but the people who challenge us in our faith. God, help us to get our eyes on them that they would lead us into healthy places. God, I pray if there's any influences that are taking us the wrong way, that we would surrender those and lay those down. And God, you would help us to, to instead turn toward those who help us, not those who hurt us. God, that ultimately we would live as those who are citizens of heaven, not citizens of earth. God, give us the strength, give us the courage, give us the boldness to live for your kingdom and your kingdom alone. We pray that in the name of Jesus. Amen, amen. And it's so, so great to be able to worship together. Uh, But I want to invite anyone who maybe is watching this morning. You say, man, I've got questions of faith. I don't even know what this looks like to follow after Christ or to live for Christ. This is kind of new to me. I would love to help you on that journey. So if you would do me a favor, there's a little link here. I I encourage you to email me at at faith at zchurch.org, faith at zchurch.org. And I would love to connect with you and help you on the journey of faith.